Hello, and welcome to Rise of the Data Cloud. Today's episode features an interview with Matthew Scullion, founder and CEO of Matillion. Matthew has spent more than 20 years revolutionizing IT and software development and just raised $100 million in Series D funding. On this episode, Matthew dives deep into data transformation. He shares how Matillion is pushing the world of software forward, how their partnership with Snowflake is advancing the industry, his predictions for 2021 data trends, and much more. So please enjoy this conversation between Matthew Scullion, founder and CEO of Matillion, and your host, Steve Hamm. Hey, Matthew, it's good to talk to you again. The last time we spoke was, God, it seems like ages ago, was when we were doing the research for the rise of the data cloud, the book that Frank Slootman and I did together. So it's nice to hear your voice. Oh, Steve, likewise. And we were thrilled to be involved in the book and delighted to be speaking to you again today. Yeah. Hey, would you start by briefly describing your company and the services it provides? Of course. So Matillion's mission is to make the world's data useful. We're a software company. We produce a range of products called Matillion ETL and also Matillion Data Loader. And specifically, relevant to this conversation, of course, Matillion ETL for Snowflake, which is built specifically for the Snowflake cloud data platform. And customers use our products, our data middleware platform, if you like, to make their data useful, innovating with data at an accelerated rate. Great, great. Now, I know that your company has a very interesting history. You actually started in a different business and then pivoted into this space. Tell us how that happened and why. Yeah, thanks, Steve. And we're still confident about this this story because we've seen it with other great companies like Slack and others that started off doing one thing and ended up doing something else. Matillion was founded in Manchester, UK, all the way back in 2011. So actually next week, it will be our 10th birthday. We knew we wanted to be in the cloud. We knew we were working with data, but the original business did something different to what we do today. We were actually in the business of delivering turnkey, fully managed software as a service, business intelligence solutions to typically mid-size, mostly British companies, people that needed better management information and data, but that didn't have the time or IT firepower to deliver it themselves. Now, the way we used to deliver that solution was build them a modern data stack. Uh, We were perhaps slightly ahead of our time. We were doing data analytics in the cloud before products like Snowflake or its contemporaries uh, were actually out there in the market. And we built the solution with uh, a number of high quality commercial off-the-shelf technologies, as well as some IP that we developed ourselves. Now, as anyone that's built out an analytics solution end-to-end will know, a big part of the work that you do is first of all, getting the data into one place and then making that data useful, joining it together, embellishing it with metrics. And typically the category of technology that you use to do that is called ETL. We were using a commercial off-the-shelf ETL tool from a major vendor, which we liked, but the fact that it wasn't built for the cloud was slowing us down in this original business. And so as it turned out, this was a young market and we were using the technology very aggressively. So there weren't too many teams in the world doing that at that time. We had this problem 
we tried to find an ETL product that was as rich and deep as we needed and that we were already using from this commercial off-the-shelf product, but that was built for the cloud. And wouldn't you know it, we couldn't find a product like that. So bearing in mind, we knew quite a lot about this problem that we were trying to solve. We thought, hey, let's have a go building a solution ourselves. And the company was founded originally 2011. This is about 2014 that we're doing this. And we spent a year or so building an early product, ostensibly for our own use. We did codename that technology. We call it Emerald. And our company color is green. And it turned out it worked really well. And uh, so well, in fact, that we thought perhaps there's more value in this product than there is in the original business that we set up. So in late 2015, we launched what we by then were calling Matillion ETL for sale in its own. We've subsequently sunset the previous business and grown a real nice business that we find today, having been informed by this original pain of needing a proper grown-up ETL product but one that was built natively for the cloud. Yeah, I love telling that story, Stephen. Thanks for asking the question. No, that's a very cool story. The the company that's able to be nimble and flexible enough to pivot like that, that's a really good sign of a good culture. So I congratulate you on it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Snowflake. Join 50,000 of your peers at Snowflake's annual global user conference, Snowflake Summit, this June 8th through 10th. Hear from Snowflake customers, industry thought leaders, and more about how they bring data together now with the data cloud. Learn more and register at snowflake.com slash summit. So when and why did Matillion and Snowflake become partners? Yeah, so we became partners in August of 2017, but we'd been talking together for a while before that. We met the Snowflake team at the industry conferences, as you'd imagine, and we already had a built-for-cloud ETL product out there um, on a different platform that was uh, getting a lot of traction and I think was starting to become seen as a preeminent product in the post-cloud data middleware world. And of course, for Snowflake, that was nothing like the business it is today, but was still a business with a lot of excitement around it and certainly a technology with a lot of excitement and respect. And so this was a conversation we were excited to have with the Snowflake team. And we were really grateful that they wandered over to our uh, booth at an event and started a conversation. Of course, a lot of times that would very quickly lead to a partnership, but there was really two other things that uh, happened over the following months that led to us launching Matillion ETL for Snowflake in August 2017. The first one is our technology is built specifically for the Snowflake cloud data platform. That's important because it gives the customer, the user, the resonance as they use our technology with Snowflake. They don't want to buy Snowflake and then be hampered or obfuscated from all the underlying capability features and functions of the Snowflake Cloud Data Platform. They want that stuff surfacing and to be able to be used as resonantly as possible. And to achieve that, we build a specific product. And that's what we did to support this Snowflake partnership. 
that takes a, a few months and, and, a, and a chunk of people. And we were starting to work closely with the Snowflake team, as we've done subsequently, actually, to, to support shipping something that was highly functional straight out of the box. And I think the other thing that we discovered, which I guess is the long-term secret behind the partnership, is that as we got to know the Snowflake team, and hopefully as they got to know us, we discovered we not only had a, a shared focus on the same technical space, but also very importantly to us at Matillion, and I know it is at Snowflake as well, a shared culture and a shared set of values. And so we very quickly uh, came to realize that this was a partnership that certainly we wanted to lean into energetically, and we've been privileged to be Snowflake partners ever since. Oh, that's great. Now, could you explain how the technologies work together? Yeah, absolutely. Starting off at a, at a technology point of view, Matillion ETL for Snowflake, you already know, built for the cloud, built specifically for Snowflake. It's aimed at the enterprise and it's 100% pure ELT architecture that works hand in hand with the underlying Snowflake cloud data platform to allow customers to make their data useful at scale at, and at an accelerated rate. So Matillion provides a portfolio of technologies to allow customers to get their data into Snowflake. And then importantly, once it's in Snowflake, to innovate with that data on the Snowflake platform. And in turn, Snowflake provides uh, the horsepower, performance, and underlying capability to support that 100% ELT architecture. And so it's the products working hand in hand that really delivers the finished solution to our customers. What that maps out to in terms of how our companies work together, well, I mentioned already that there is what we feel a very healthy relationship between Matillion and Snowflake. We work together on our products and our products teams are um, deeply integrated and um, work together resonantly. That allows for our part, for our products to keep up with Snowflake and always be supporting and surfacing the latest Snowflake technology in their cloud data platform. And of course, we work uh, hand in hand from a go-to-market point of view as well. For Matillion, that's mostly working with the Snowflake uh, enterprise and majors segments, as that's where our technology is mostly focused. Overall, we have, just by way of example, Steve, about 550 mutual customers, I think, in industries like uh, media and manufacturing and retail and technology, also healthcare, financial services. Uh, this is customers like uh, Coke Industries, Slack, Siemens, Sony, Western Union, DocuSign, and Novartis. So as you can hear, you know, larger companies using Snowflake and using Matillion to make their data useful on Snowflake at an accelerated rate. Yeah, that sounds like a great roster of, um, of mutual customers. But could you back up just a second? I really yeah. want to understand the transformation of data, where that happens and what, the, what actually is being transformed and why is it making it more useful? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the problem domain and then how we solve it, if that works. In order to make data useful in an organization, and by make it useful, make it ready to be consumed in a useful way in a data analytics, business intelligence, AI, or machine learning use case. You've got to do a couple of things. First of all, you've got to get the data 
into Snowflake. If it's sat outside in source systems, files, APIs, databases, we can't do cool and fun and value-added stuff within Snowflake. So you've got to get the data into Snowflake. And that's important, but it's not the hardest or uh, perhaps most leveraged part of the job. And there's also quite a range of ways in which you can do that. But getting the data into Snowflake is only part of the job. And it's probably the easier part of the job. If you just think about it, saying, hey, I want to connect database A to my Snowflake cloud data platform. Important. It's got to work. It's got to perform. It's got to be secure. Not super duper complicated. Where you really make data useful is what you do with it once it's on Snowflake. <laughs> and, and if you imagine, for instance, you've got data coming in from two or three different systems and you want to join that data together so it tells a cohesive, useful business story that you then want to consume in whatever the downstream analytics application is. Let's say it's just one system. So one system, but with lots of data entities, maybe there's customers and products and transactions and in analytics, you tend to need to join those things together. You also want to embellish metrics onto the data. Usually, you need to sort out the quality of the data, getting rid of the stuff that you don't want, making sure that the stuff that you do want is correct. And then, you know, there's versions of this as well, like ag aggregation and granularity. So, for instance, you have a lot more order lines than you do orders you have a lot more orders than you do customers, you often need to flatten that stuff out. And this is the work of the data professional, right? This is what ETL guys and uh, data engineers and all that aperture of user personas, this is what they do all day. They move the data, yeah, but then they transform it into something that's useful and ready for analytics. Yeah. So you can do that in a number of different ways. You can do it in code, and uh, like most computing, you can do it in code. That's got some advantages. You've got very fine-grained control. You also don't need to buy a product like mine, of course, which uh, you may see as an advantage. On the downside, more work, so a little bit slower, tougher to maintain, and requires expertise. So that tends to make sense if you're the sort of company that's got a lot of engineers hanging around. Um, but it also makes sense if it's a comparatively simple transformation that you're not going to have to make lots of changes to. In an enterprise, transformations tend to be pretty complicated and involved. You've got lots of systems, each of which have got lots of entities in. It has to be right because you're probably counting millions or billions of dollars of revenue or customer behavior. And so it needs to be right and auditable, maintainable, secure, of course. But also, wouldn't it be great if you could get more people working on innovating with data and making it useful than just high-end engineers that code? And so really, that's where products like Matillion and in the post-cloud world, really only Matillion focuses by making the ability to load data. Yes, definitely to, um, to orchestrate that data pipeline, really sophisticated functionality there that's battle proven in lots of large enterprises, but also to innovate with that data by joining it together, embellishing it, aggregating it, sorting out the quality and do that in a way that's super high performance because it's pure ALT and it's just leveraging the underlying Snowflake cloud data platform, but also in a way that's visual, low-code, no-code optional. So a broader aperture of user personas can be involved with making data useful, which in turn nets down to the company innovating with data more quickly and being able to support it more easily. 
Now, Matthew, Matillion and Snowflake have hundreds of mutual customers. You've described some of the relationships, some of the customers a few moments ago, and a bunch of them are really big organizations. Can you describe some of the situations where the organizations are getting a lot of value out of using the, the, the technologies from these two companies together? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the value that customers get, and I guess also why they uh, work with Snowflake and Matillion in the first place, the value they're hoping to get. First of all, if I maybe start with use cases. Um, so oftentimes it's companies doing net new innovation with data in order to allow them to compete, um, understanding their customers, products, processes, uh, using data in a way that they couldn't do 10 years ago. There's a worldwide competitive race to do this, I would argue, facilitated by the cloud and by Snowflake because it gives customers this limitlessly scalable, cost-effective, flexible and secure platform to deal with data at incredible volume and gain insight from it. So that's one of the vectors that we see our customers jointly coming to us on, the kind of asking and answering new business questions with data. And certainly that's been the case now for a number of years. I think the area that's changed in this respect over the past 12 months, and and to some extent accelerated in our experience, at least through the pandemic, has also been the addition of that to migration and modernization projects as larger businesses, enterprises, and large cap organizations now are really accelerating as they modernize their legacy IT infrastructure to the cloud, perhaps moving from on-premises appliances, moving the data piece into Snowflake, where they have more power, more functionality, more flexibility, uh, and it's more cost-effective, all of which companies want to be, particularly in the post-pandemic world. And then for our part on that, you're moving from an on-prem data analytics stack, data warehouse appliance, to a modern cloud data platform like Snowflake, then you also want to modernize your legacy ETL and data middleware layer to a enterprise class, but built for the cloud, uh, ETL or data middleware layer. And that's uh, where we come in and the sorts of customer opportunities that Snowflake and ourselves work on. Now, once that's up and running and that tripartite relationship of Snowflake, Matillion and the customer, or oftentimes the consulting partner or GSI as well, are working on delivering on that goal, then what we find is that the tight integration between our two technologies and companies really helps in two ways. First is speed, time to market, how quickly customers can get POCs, projects, and then incremental innovations on those projects done. And and we see that in the way that the accounts grow, but also just in the raw results. To give you an example, at Cisco, um, the the team there experienced a 84% reduction in the spend associated with ETL um, when they moved to Matillion ETL for Snowflake and Snowflake-based solution compared to their legacy solution. That's looking at cost. If you look at performance at DocuSign, another joint customer of ours, those guys reduced the time needed to 
process huge volumes of data in some long running jobs they had from 22 hours to just a, a handful of hours. And so there's a long list of um, areas where that tight integration, the underlying power of the Snowflake cloud platform, and the focus on making data useful inside of the Matillion product delivers outcomes for the customer quicker. Does that make sense? Well, those are great examples and great scenarios. I think people really get a lot of value out of listening to those things. We've talked quite a bit about Matillion's technology, but I, I wanted just to zero in. What's the most powerful aspect of the technology in your view? Yeah, so it's a great question, Steve. What's the most powerful aspect of Matillion's technology? I, I think it, it starts at the top, and I alluded to this earlier. We're focused on helping enterprises make their data useful. And as we discussed, to do that, they have to get data onto Snowflake, but then they've got to do stuff with it. They've got to join it together and embellish it and check it's right and sort out the quality and put metrics on it and aggregate it. And that's innovation. And the steps that the data needs to go through from its raw material state, like iron ore, uh, through to becoming shiny stainless steel ready to use in the project, those steps are business knowledge that needs encoding into the process of uh, transforming the data. Just like all business knowledge, that's tied up in people's heads, uh, team members, employees of our customers. And so I would say the most powerful aspect of Matillion's technology is the speed and fidelity with which Matillion ETL allows people to express that business knowledge, to transform data, connecting what's in their brains with the steps that they need to go through uh, to turn iron ore into stainless steel. Now, all the products centered around that concept, the visual transformation layer, the, the deep orchestration. It even has things like collaboration built into it, a little bit like Google Docs, because anything that's a people game is also a team game. But yeah, for me, that's the most powerful aspect of Matillion's technology, the way that we can get more people into the pass rush and get each of them more uh, productive as they uh, go on that journey of making their data useful. Now, Matillion was one of the pioneers of doing ETL in the cloud, but of course, now it's a land rush. The cloud is the biggest opportunity or one of the biggest opportunities in the technology sphere. And a lot of companies are either retooling technology for the cloud or they're they're reinventing it for the cloud. So how do you stay in front of your competitors in this kind of intense competitive environment? Yeah, and it's hard to get too glum about all that competition because it's just a symptom of what an amazing market uh, I and the rest of the team green are lucky enough to live through. Uh, of course, in part created and fueled by our friends at Snowflake. I think the intersection of cloud and data, it's a once in a generation set of market dynamics. And the byproducts of that is there's lots of competition. And so I think there's two parts to the answer here, Steve, if I may. One is, how do we differentiate? And secondly, how do we maintain it? The, the second answer is easier than the first, but I'll try and punch out both quickly. Sure. Hey, in, in terms of competitive differentiation, I think it's pretty simple. Matillion really is the only cloud native built for the cloud solution that's 
sophisticated and deep enough and optimized for the enterprise, for larger businesses. In the pre-cloud world, we've got forefathers of data middleware and ETL with deep, sophisticated platforms that enterprises uh, are used to using, but they're not built for the cloud. And that slows customers down technically and also commercially in the way that they buy and consume software. In the post-cloud world, you're right, there's a land grab of solutions out there and also emerged companies, really good companies, but typically focusing on one part of the data landscape, for instance, data movement or some other part of the set of requirements. But there really isn't another uh, product that's enterprise class and deep enough to service the needs um, of, of an enterprise user. So you've got a Hobson's choice there. You can have cloud native, but simple, or you can have enterprise class and deep, but pre-cloud and therefore legacy, which slows you down, hard to buy, et cetera. So Matillion's the only company that has built technology specifically optimized for the enterprise that's deep and sophisticated, but cloud native and easy to consume. So the other part of your question, how do we maintain it? Um, we keep going fast, Steve. We have a large development team that we will be nearly doubling in size again this year, which I'm excited about. And we are lucky to be informed by thousands of users across some of the most prestigious companies in the world and work closely, of course, with our friends at Snowflake to ensure that our product stays in sync with them. But yeah, it's a race and we keep investing heavily in the technology to ensure that we stay competitive within it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, this this data cloud thing is really a decade old, but it seems like it's still at the very beginning of its potential impact. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You have to be aware of it, I think, in, in our jobs, perhaps, Steve, because it would be so easy to think that the whole world is on the cloud, but they're definitely not. And the majority of workloads um, are still running um, on-prem or at least away from public cloud. And some of the industries where uh, Matillion and Snowflake have been focusing recently, places like healthcare and financial services, we're really only just starting to see the acceleration there, or at least this is Matillion's experience. Um, I think, as I alluded to earlier, the, the global pandemic um, has perhaps helped accelerate progress here, but there's still so much to do. And we, we certainly feel positioned uh, really well alongside Snowflake to help with that. I guess the nature of where markets go in the early days is the non-mission critical solutions, the net new innovations with data that are by definition therefore a little more simple and then as large organizations start to move serious workloads in a purposeful way, want to do it as fast as possible, but need to do it with that sophistication and gravitas that an enterprise requires, then it requires grown-up technologies right. to do that, like the Snowflake Cloud Data Platform and like Matillion ETL. We're talking in early 2021. And looking back at 2020, what an incredible year. Just the pandemic, the economic turmoil, the political turmoil. It seems like there was one thing after another, environmental turmoil, forest burning. But I think there's a sense now looking ahead into 2020 of some stability politically, maybe economically, this kind of thing. Hope I'm, I'm being hopeful here. 
so if you could look ahead, what are some of the big trends and new capabilities that you see coming this year? Yeah, so 2020, it was like dog years. I think I, I, I lived seven years through the, the four quarters of that year. And you're right, I entirely share your optimism for 2021 and beyond as a member of the, the human race, as well as a, a business person and, a, and a, an actor in this market of uh, data in the cloud. So I agree with you, sir. And we're super excited. And, uh, you know, in the short term and perhaps job number one, is we've been extremely lucky insofar as that our business has still grown quickly and strongly despite the global challenges. And off the back of that, we are purposely continuing to grow our business. And in fact, accelerating the rate at which we do that, both on the customer facing side, our go-to-market teams like sales and marketing and customer success and support, but also, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, continuing to invest ahead of the curve on engineering. So I guess that's the, the short-term thing that to some extent never stops, but actually we're um, putting the hammer down on that at the moment, which we're very lucky uh, to be able to do. More strategically, uh, there's some trends that we're really excited about and some technology that we're working on that we're really excited about as well. Uh, I think one of the trends that we're pretty pumped up about is seeing what's happening in the data middleware space around reusability and repeatable processes. And I think the Snowflake team have a similar thesis here in many ways. Um, What's great about technology uh, like ours and like Snowflake is that, of course, it allows for democratization to happen. I'm aware that phrase is getting a little hackneyed now, but for democratization to happen within an organization to gain access to data. But I think what's starting to happen now, first of all, with uh, deep and sophisticated, yet easy and productive, because they're low-code, no-code, or code-optional tools like ours, that mean tech-savvy business analysts, ETL developers, DBAs, um, uh, BI developers, and uh, analysts, and architects, people of those user personas and, and similar ones can do sophisticated, scaled innovation with data, even though uh, they don't uh, either want or have the sorts of high-end code-based data engineering skills. That means organizations can go faster. Of course, I mentioned earlier on that really what people are doing as they do that stuff is encoding business knowledge in their head into the way that they transform data. And those people have a higher probability of being closer to the business problem domain as well. And so the thing we're excited about as a next generation on that is saying, okay, someone solved a business or technical problem once. Maybe that could be parameterized and wrapped up and shrink wrapped and then shared inside of their organization or beyond the the organizational boundary with the ecosystem. And by way of example, uh, Matillion has just taken a step here to juice our own customer ecosystem with something called the Matillion Exchange Program, where customers can create business or technical solutions inside Matillion ETL, inside the transformation and orchestration canvas of our products, 
but then wrap it up and give it an icon and give it a nice description and then put it onto a marketplace where other people can then download and use that. Over time, we expect ISVs and specialist consulting partners to develop more and more of those solutions as well. So we're really excited about that concept of pre-canned recipes being shared across the ecosystem, because that just further accelerates an enterprise's ability to make data useful at pace. Let me just interject here for a second. I'm, I'm curious, are you involved with Snowflake's exchange and marketplace technologies and platforms? Yeah, so these are very complementary technologies. Um, Through Snowflake's data marketplace, of course, customers can now, for the first time in history, really, with a matter of a few clicks, connect themselves with data that they can use uh, to inform and make richer their analytics, AI and ML um, projects and use cases. And so a really transformative technology that Snowflake have brought to the market and of course, a lot of momentum behind that. And so Matillion and the Matillion Exchange in the shared jobs framework, we see as a natural partner, just like Snowflake and Matillion as businesses, a natural partner technology to that insofar as whereas the Snowflake data marketplace is making data available across the organizational boundary, Matillion and the Matillion Exchange is making the logic to make that data useful available across the organizational boundary. Does that answer the question, Steve? Yeah, that's very good. Really nicely done. And But I interrupted you. Do you remember where you were going? I, I, I do. Okay, very good. <laughs> of course. Very good. Go You're ahead. talking about my favorite subject. Yeah. So, uh, Second favorite after my kids. But um, yeah, so the other thing that we're really excited about, we're excited about it because we think and hope that our customers will share this excitement and, and that it may deliver a level of finality that might be satisfactory to the market. But uh, hey, we're a data middleware company. I explained in answer to your well-educated question, Steve, earlier on, that's about moving the data, yeah, And it's about transforming the data and encoding what's people's heads to make it useful. And in that data movement bit, there is the perennial question, does my data middleware provider, does my ETL or data pipeline provider have the connector that I need? And every organization has dozens or maybe hundreds of systems, some proprietary and bespoke, some class leading and industry standard. It's really rare that the product or uh, SaaS-based service that you buy has exactly the right connectors that you need for all of your use cases. So this is a huge frustration for customers because they just want their connectors and actually quite a big challenge and frustration for the ISV as well, the Matillion in this case, because we would need to develop an infinite number of connectors in order to match up to every customer's requirements Of course, there's a huge long tail of how many customers use each of those connectors, which makes it harder for us to maintain them and make it economic. It's just a lose-lose. The customer doesn't get what he wants. The ISV isn't able to service the customer's need. Lose. And so the thing I'm super excited about is that we're perhaps about to see the end of this connector wars in the ETL, ELT space. And answer that question, do you have a connector for this? Always and with certainty with the word 
Yes. And that's because of some functionality we were really proud of and super excited to launch in the back half of last year, which is called Create Your Own Connector or Universal Connector. And it's the ability to create uh, a load connector, an ability to load data from a source from any API endpoint without writing any code. So you don't need to be technical. You don't need to be an engineer. You don't need to run a project. You point Matillion ETL at your endpoint API. You run through the graphical wizard. It figures out the API and the paging and the security and all that other boring stuff. And it just turns it into beautiful, nicely organized data and then puts it into Snowflake for you. And so the answer from now on to the question, do you have a connector for this? will always be yes. And that's another thing that, as you can maybe tell from the delight in my voice, Steve, that we're pretty excited about. Well, I can absolutely tell. And, and when will this new capability come out? Yeah, so actually it, it's there already. Okay. It's in Matillion ETL for Snowflake now. So you can launch a free trial if you're not a customer today on either the AWS or Azure marketplaces, and depending on which flavor of Snowflake you use, and try it out. It's going to take you five minutes to get the product set up. There's a nice little YouTube video that shows you how to, to, to do it. Super easy, even though it's so powerful. If you're an existing customer, just hit us up on support, and we'll show you how to use it. I don't know. That sounds great. Let's move into our visionary cap segment. I see the future. What a fascinating modern age we live in. Is this what the future holds? This is where we talk about the future and innovation. You've done a very good job of explaining kind of what's here and now and coming up in in the coming months. But I want to ask you to put on your visionary cap for a minute, and I know you have one, and look out for five years or so. What are the big changes that are coming in cloud computing and, and cloud data that will have outsized impacts on organizations, but also on society? Oh, it's a it's a great question, isn't it? And it's also a great risk for any CEO going on record on a podcast making predictions in five years' time. Because a smart young man like yourself, Steve, check what I said in five years and see if any of it was right. <laughs> but it is the wondrous opportunity, I think. The first and foremost, and to me, this actually doesn't change materially over the next five years, is the migration because that's not. Yeah a one-year job or a three-year job or even perhaps a five-year job for the the world to migrate, um, what, 30, 40 uh, years of legacy data analytics, which has served businesses great, but which is shackled and expensive and ties up organizational resources. Migrate it into the cloud. We hope migrate it onto Snowflake and Matillion and unlock then the extra capability that gives an organization in terms of its ability to innovate with data. Mm-hmm. So I am excited to see that the pioneers have landed in the new world. A few more people have turned up, but the rest of humanity is still waiting to cross right. the ocean. Societally, uh, my view is what you tend to see with markets like this is um, I, I I guess an increasing seriousness and professionalism as the mainstream business becomes about doing business with data. I think it moves more to the heart of organizations. I think processes and software um, matures around that. And so, again, we've been in the sort of early Wild West days with lots of uh, innovation, lots of code, lots of 
collections of products, but our view on the market is as large enterprise begins to accelerate in the way that it migrates to the cloud, you'll see a maturation and really with the gravity and utility with which large cap enterprises see and therefore treat this area of technology. And then in terms of societal impacts, a really interesting trend that we spend a chunk of time thinking about is AI and ML, which is of course not new. And I'm sure I won't be the only person you speak to this year that mentions this as a trend. For me, there's a couple of reasons why we love to opine on this topic. Uh, And one of which is selfish. AI and ML projects uh, require well-organized, clean data, which is often the barrier to and the largest piece of work in the AI and ML project. And so if you're in the business of turning iron ore into stainless steel or turning siloed, scruffy raw materials data into useful AI and ML data and allowing teams to do that at an accelerated rate, then this is a great mega trend for you. And that's certainly the case with Matillion. But societally, getting around to answering your question there, uh, I think we will always read in the popular press about people's fear of AI and ML and robotics and other automation technologies taking humans out of the loop and mass unemployment and all that sort of stuff, which I think if you look back through history is not what happens. As the world becomes more efficient and doesn't have to do things that are later considered menial, but previously we had to be skilled at doing, then that allows humans, as it were, and businesses to focus on higher order problems um, and to use the things only they can do and allow machines to do for them. And I think that has potentially really beneficial societal effects looking five to 10 years out. So those would be the things I'd pick. No, no, that's great. Okay, let's move into our final segment, Up Close and Personal. For your information, there's a lot more to ogres than people think. Really need to dig deep and get to know the real you. In the real Up Close and Personal. During this segment, we want to get to know you a little bit better as a person rather than just as a technology professional. Where are you talking from today? I'm talking uh, from my home, like many of us. We're in uh, mid-January 2021, and so I know many of us are in some degree of shelter in place or uh, lockdown. I I live uh, in Manchester, UK. In more normal times, I split my time between the U.S., and the, and the UK, where Matillion's co-HQs are. Um, uh, last year, 2020, of course, most of us couldn't travel. And yes, I'm speaking to you from my, my little study at home um, in South Manchester, UK. Such are the wonders of modern technology. <laughs> no, that's, that's great to hear. Because I know normally you're, you're one of those guys, you're split between Denver and, and, and Manchester, and of course doing a lot yeah. of other traveling in, in a regular year. And maybe you'll get back to that. It's a busy life being a CEO and, and you're spread thin. You mentioned you're back at home and I know you have a couple of daughters and I know that you like to ride horses with them. So if you could talk a little bit about just how do you balance in, your nor- in a normal year how do you achieve work-life balance and how do you get that quality time with your kids? And a little bit about the horses too. Oh, thanks for that question, Steve. It's lovely to be able to talk about it. So yeah, how do you get balance when held into relief against a, a busy job? First of all, if I may say, hey, a CEO is a busy job and lots of other jobs are 
super busy as well. I, I always think of it as a complete privilege to be a CEO of a company like Matillion. Uh, I, I get to work with a team of several hundred really bright, smart, aligned people that are working towards the same shared goal. And that's a massive privilege. So it's never a chore, the being in the work. And that uh, is the case outside the walls of Matillion as well. Again, a complete privilege to get to work with the team at Snowflake and our hundreds of joint customers. You're right though, uh, you do have to work a work-life balance. Someone uh, once gave me a brilliant piece of advice, which was, we all have three priorities in life, work, family, and yourself, and you need to look after all three, um, because if one of them falters, it affects the other two. So I always try to be purposeful around it. When I'm traveling, I'll do FaceTimes with the kids at bedtime and read them stories and things like that, which is nice. But you're right, when we're at home, one thing we enjoy is getting out on the horses. I, I, I should say I've actually not been out on a horse for a couple of months because I rather dramatically fell off going over oh, a jump. No. <laughs> but I'll be back on soon. In fact, I was out riding last week. And it's something I've done since I was a kid. I paused, getting distracted by my 20s and 30s. Um, but in, in that spirit of looking after work, family, and myself, I thought, gosh, I need something physical that I enjoy and that's healthy. Got back into horseback riding off the back of that. And then to my complete delight, my two little girls who are currently nine and five, they're now riding ponies. They look great doing it as well because their other big hobby is ballet. And so their Ooh. posture is awesome and far better <laughs> than mine. And I'm only slightly jealous of it. Oh, but yeah, cool. thanks for asking. Yeah, I can envision that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Hey, Matthew, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. I really found our talk to be fascinating, especially when you spoke about the importance of technology being built for the cloud, and also the idea that your technology, one version of it was built specifically for Snowflake and how important that is. And, and also, when you talked about univer those universal connectors that, that you're able to package up for customers or they're able to package up for themselves... I, I think that's another great thing to look forward to. A lot of people are going to be interested in that. So I want to thank you again for your time today. It's just great talking to you. Steve, it's um, our pleasure and privilege. Great to talk to you again. Really appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to share some war stories with you on the podcast. I look forward to next time. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com slash data dash cloud dash world dash tour.